0: RugbyRenegade.com, the number one online strength and conditioning program for rugby. Are you ready to get bigger, stronger, fitter, and faster and dominate your opposition? Welcome to the Rugby Renegade Podcast, where we build machines. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the Rugby Renegade Podcast. My name's Jamie Bain, and today is a slightly different podcast because we're not interviewing a strength and conditioning coach. Um, we are interviewing a player uh, Shane Monaghan who uh, I work with at Gloucester um, but he's played at, at Leinster, Connaught uh, Rotherham of course Gloucester and then most recently Munster but he's had a kind of a slight change in career and he's now comp- trying to train to compete in mixed martial arts with uh, Wimps Warriors so it's a really good insight into you know the life of a professional rugby player but also we sort of discuss the differences between training for mixed martial arts and and what he can or you can take from that um, and and apply it into the rugby world so um, he's a great guy you know has a good laugh and uh, I'm sure you get a lot out of it so give it a listen and let us know what you think. Hello Shane welcome to the Rugby Renegade podcast. Thanks Jamie delighted to be here. Yeah it's great to have you on Shane it's a bit of a change of pace for us Um, you know we've normally had sort of S&C experts and things like that but we've wanted to have a player on uh, we were in talks with Dan Carter, but when we heard you were available, obviously we jumped to the opportunity.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, I do have a very busy, busy schedule, but I was delighted to make time for you guys. I know you're uh, creating a storm in the S&C world, so it's great. <laughs> Honour honor to be here.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Now, obviously, we'll talk a lot about your rugby career, but we'll also touch on your your sort of new endeavour in, in mixed martial arts and, and look at the way <clears throat> sort of the, the training differs. Um, so I'm sure our listeners will get a lot from that. So one you kind of, for, for anyone who, who may not have heard of you, just give them a sort of background on what clubs you've played at and and then how you got into the, the Wimps to Warriors.
1: Okay. Um, well, I'm from Ireland. Uh, I started my rugby, I was introduced to rugby when I was, I think, seven by my dad. He played rugby and stuff like that. Um, played underage, youth level, which is club in Ireland. Uh, schools is the predominant um, avenue for lads to make it into professional rugby. Uh, and then there's a the, there's the club avenue, which um, I suppose is like the back door in. Um, I played my youth rugby with uh, Boyne RFC, um, same club Shane Horgan played with. Um was in the Leinster setup from, I suppose, 14, the whole way up to the academy. Played on age, Ireland youths, on uh, their 19s, on their 20s. Um, then uh, I was three years in the Leinster academy. Then I spent a year in Connaught. Uh, on a development contract, and then I was a year in Rotherham in the championship, and I got from there I got signed by Gloucester, um, where I met you for the first time, uh, for my sins, and <laughs> spent uh, three seasons in Gloucester, and most recently I was with Munster over uh, the World Cup period as cover for them, and from there I've um, moved into mma for the time being so yeah it's been a long journey with a very very club some some fantastic clubs and uh yeah it's been great
0: yeah so like obviously like our our members some of them would aspire to be you know professional rugby players could you give us a little sort of insight into day-to-day life and and sort of the 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 struggles and and what's really good about it obviously
1: yeah um professional rugby professional sport in general i think um I heard a quote. I think it was actually from um, Ron McGarry. Did a documentary for RTE Television in Ireland a few years back, and he uh, he said that professional sport is the highest of the highs and the lows of the lows. And I'd have to agree with that. There's no real in between. Um, like it's been fairly varied. Like coming from, I suppose Connacht, they're doing fantastic now. But when I was there, they were kind of like the whipping boys of the the Magners League fantastic team lads always gave everything but it was very difficult to get a win you know and uh, then I moved over to Rotherham and um, we were in the championship again fantastic league fantastic team but um, there was still a massive gap between the championship to the Prem um, and when I eventually got to the Prem and when I got to the I suppose, the highest level in, in English rugby and world rugby uh, Premiership rugby it was uh, Uh, Another level again, and uh, um, I suppose to to be a professional rugby player, you need to be very disciplined. Um, You have to make a lot of sacrifices along the way, like especially when you're trying to make it. Um, You know, nights out here or holidays there. You know, you have to sacrifice that in order to train and stay behind to do, you know, um, trials or whatever it is if you if you want to get to where you want to want to be. You know.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and are you, you mentioned a few sort of big names there, and obviously the clubs you've been at, uh, especially sort of Leinster and Gloucester and, and Munster. When it comes to sort of um, fitness training and S&C, who were like the the ones that stand out for you as, as the best trainers? Um, what, well, in coaches or uh, uh, players? Or...
1: Players. Oh. Um... You well, can say yourself, that... obviously. Oh, obviously that goes without saying. I wouldn't be on this show otherwise. Um, one that stands stands out straight away, I suppose, because I um I I was training with him most recently when I was back in Munster it was a guy uh, Felix Jones, um, yeah. who who Irish international and I don't know how many caps he he had for uh, for Munster, but I I was with Felix my whole underage career in Leinster, and um he moved to Munster. I think my last last year in Leinster and he's a guy you know people all, often say that it's 90% mental and 10% f- physical and he's the uh, example of that put into practice because he's one of the strongest guys mentally I've ever encountered um never give up attitude and um he has that competitive spirit that you need you know um will give 100% uh, even if he knew he was going to lose, he'd still give a hundred percent, you know, and uh, like that. Just what happened to Felix? Like he broke his neck um, in a game for Munster about six or seven years ago, I think it was, and very lucky not to be paralysed. And they told him that, listen, you know, we'd advise you not to continue to play. And he said, no. He said, my dream is to be a rugby player, and that's what I'm going to do. So he went through the rehab and managed to come back and went on to have a very, very successful career at Munster and become an Irish international and um, had very successful six, seven years. And sadly, I was lucky enough to get to play with him again when I was back in Munster. I think I played once or twice. And one of the games I was on the bench, he got another knock to the neck and he, he bruised the... Uh, I think the tendon in his neck or whatever it is very close to where he had the original break, and I said, "Listen, Felix, um, you're not going to get us. You're very lucky, and it's time to hang up the boots." So he he uh, he had to hang up the boots. But in terms of work rate and mental attitude, he'd be up there, you know. And there, there's other guys as well. Like that's that's the one that springs to mind. He, I've I've had the privilege to play with so many guys like Felix, you know, um, like in um, in uh, I suppose Gloucester. There's some Darren Davyduk uh you know well he loves pasties he's from uh, Cornwall uh he's a very he likes the high and tight haircut um if anyone doesn't recognize him but he uh another guy that gives a hundred percent no matter what um I think he's very much an unsung hero in Gloucester He's been there six six or seven years now um he's always there he he puts his body on the line and gets in his extras all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, he should. If I was picking a, a starting team, he'd be on it every week, you know, because uh, uh, he he doesn't look for the praise either, you know. And uh, so he's he's definitely a guy that comes to mind. Um, then you've the other guys. I suppose Johnny May is another guy. He's another very interesting character, Johnny. Uh, but you know, he likes he likes the mess and come out with his um, phrases from Buddha and this kind of thing but he uh he still he still is a ultimate professional because he gets in his extras and he does his extra stretching and his extra speed work and works on his skills and you know you see that from uh how he's done in his career and he's got his england caps and done fantastically well when he has played and he's unfortunate with injury but that's something that uh Happens to us all, and me included. And there's another guy, then Henry Trinder, is another guy. Um, he's been very, very unfortunate with injury, but he's it shows his mental strength. A lot of players after one of the injuries he's had would have given up, you know, yeah. and he's never given up. He works his ass off to get fit, to get back, get back playing, and he gets knocked back after knocked back, but he keeps coming back. So it's, any of those guys are the kind of guys. Um, if you want to know what it it takes to become a professional rugby player. Look at, look at their example you
0: know yeah I agree I think there are three players that spring to my mind who are kind of almost always the last the last players in, in the training centre they're always doing their actions at the end and you know finishing off with stretching and it, it's all those little things that add up um, I think you're quite right but you've also touched on another point and it's quite um, uh, it's in the press quite a lot at the moment with players talking about um, whether it's the length of season or, or the demands that are put on the, the body um And, you know, you've got players like Corbisero taking, you know, a year sabbatical, Uh, you know, Pocock and McCaw have done it in their careers as well. Um, What's your opinion on that? And and where do you see the game sort of changing to to sort of alleviate these issues? Um, You're talking about the injuries
1: and the stress that the lads are going in and getting on Yeah, and and
0: basically players feeling the need to sort of take time away from the game.
1: Yeah, um, yeah it's Combination there's a combination of the physical and the mental. Um, I've certainly experienced both of them. Um, on a physical level, uh, especially at the, the higher end of it, in the premiership, um, with more as the sport grows and the viewership goes, grows and the money invested grows, pressure increases as well and um, lads, teams need to win and they need their best players uh, or all their players training as much like to, to the best of their ability and playing or being available to play all the time, you know. And um, I think some teams uh, are kind of not being smart in how they're looking after their players. They're kind of falling into the trap of in order to maintain... This level of training and to win, we need to train harder than everyone else. And that's the only way we can win where I think um, the opposite is nearly um, better. Because at that level, every, everyone, every player at that level is an exceptional player. They're there for a reason, you know. And um, hammering them on the pitch isn't going to make them improve. I think keeping them fresh and keeping them happy and being in a happy work environment training environment is far more beneficial than um extra hours on the pitch you know um and you know extra hours on the pitch mentally annoys lads pisses them off a we like curse no, i suppose it's not too late, <laughs> Yeah, pisses them off and um that affects then i suppose the the feeling within the camp and it can draw negative toss lads given out that they're on the pitch too much they're feeling tired they're feeling drained and then they're being expected to go out and train at the best of their ability and then go out and perform on the weekend and and then that leads into the, 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 the physical in terms of injuries you know because if your body has been professional players are pushing their body to the limit all the time and there's a careful balance they need to maintain and if they push it too much they'll go off that edge and they'll get injured you know which is no good to anyone because then they'll be out for you know whatever it is four to six four weeks to six months or 12 months you know and um, so i'd be very much of the mentality that short and sharp you know um short training sessions but when you do it you do it high intensity to a high skill level but keep them keep them um as fun as you can within the confines of getting your structural work done, you know. Yeah. Um, that would be
0: my philosophy. Yeah. So, uh, going away from that, what's what's some of that? And I I might know kind of what session you're going to say, but what's one of the ha- hardest fitness sessions you ever done in your rugby <laughs> career?
1: Getting the uh, press exclusive here, Jamie. Um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, the by far the hardest session that i ever experienced in my whole life was uh my second pre-season in gloucester where we were training with the um
0: you're right
1: we were training with the um sorry my dad was bursting into the room there if you heard noise in the background Um we we were training with the sas um for pre-season and they they brought us up to to yorkshire the moors or the hills up in yorkshire and we ended up training with the paratroopers and on one of the hottest days of the year running up and down hills with a 90k stretcher on our back and uh, i ended up getting heat stroke from that and uh yeah i was very lucky that there was a hospital on the on the um base because if i didn't get to a hospital and get my body temperature down i was up to 42 degrees um to get organ failure and Brain damage over forty, um, I could have died. So yeah, that was <laughs> pushing your body to the limit. You know.
0: Yeah, and um, and to be fair to you, the the paras were actually were really impressed. They were kind of like that. That's what we want. Someone you know push <laughs> pushing beyond mentally what they can you know cope with physically. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, so you impress them for one thing. And yeah,
1: that's that's amazing. We that? should
0: probably say that's not necessarily advised for everyone to do at home uh, to prepare for rugby. It was more kind <laughs> of team building and, and mental challenge. Um. No,
1: um that's like it's it's one of those things, uh um that was one of my strengths growing up was men- mentally pushing myself uh not to give up and not to get beaten and, and anything like that, which certainly as we touched on earlier on, likes Felix as well, he was the uh, same kind of mentality. But it wasn't smart because um it ended up almost killing me so it's um, <laughs> that's that's another another situation of doing the right type of training yeah um, uh, looking back it was the right type of training to be doing um for for uh, for rugby players because it's a, it's a type of session that's you know most paratroopers are they're they'd be a lot smaller men than than rugby players and they're built for that kind of long distance endurance stuff where rugby players are carrying a lot more mass and um, aren't designed for that Kind of training, so it's it's being smart with the type of training you do too, you know.
0: Yeah, and again, it's it's short, high intensity stuff, and being able to repeat that, isn't it?
1: Yes, exactly,
0: exactly. Uh, Sorry to bring that up, Shane. I just I couldn't resist.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, take me about three years to get over that mentally, but uh, (laughs) get on to the strength
0: man. (laughs) Now, um, a question we always ask when we've got strength coaches on is. what do you think is the biggest mistake rugby players make when it comes to strength and conditioning and I'd, I'd be interested to hear what, what your thoughts are You know, coming from a player
1: um, biggest mistake um, I made was definitely putting on too much mass too quickly yeah because um, it's changed the, the rugby philosophy and what players are meant to be like it has changed a lot over the last couple of years and um, one was definitely we need lads bigger. We need them. We need them. We need them stronger. You know. Um, and when I sorry, my phone is ringing sorry, there. Uh, and uh, see, I'm I'm in demand, uh, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely the the size thing, and that affected me because like when I was smaller, it was a lot lighter, it was a lot more agile, and um, quicker feet, that kind of thing, and when you're putting on that amount of size i think it was in my second year in the academy in Lenz, so i went from 98 kg up to about 102 or 103 within three months which is a huge amount of weight to be putting on the body in that short space of time and it led to a lot of problems lower back problems uh hamstring problems uh because my body body just didn't wasn't able to adapt that quickly, so I think the mass thing, like just touching on the MMA stuff, my body again is completely transformed uh since I started doing the MMA. I started at uh, just over a hundred kg, and the weight I'm meant to be fighting at is ninety three kg, so it was quite a big drop. Yeah, and I'm down to ninety five now, but uh, my flexibility is, has gone through the roof, and I still feel strong and I still feel powerful. So you're kind of like. Uh you can understand why you need to do weights with rugby—the type of sports it is. But was it that beneficial for me to be that big? And looking back now, I don't think so. Yeah. So uh, finding so, the balance, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, so touching on your your mixed martial arts, how how did this all come about?
1: Um. Basically, when I finished with Munster, um, I was hoping to stay on. It didn't work out. Um, I had a few other options, that other clubs to potentially go to, but I nothing really appealed to me. Um, so I was going to take a step back from the rugby for a while. And it was about one or I think it was only two or three days after I finished with Monster. One of my mates, that we met for a coffee, and he told me about it. He says, "Oh." Because I'm, I'm into the UFC, I'm following Conor McGregor's career. Um, you can't but follow it in Ireland anyway because he's he's, he's uh, such a big star over here. And one of the lads said, oh, you're, if you're taking a break from the rugby for a while, you should definitely look at doing this. Um, so I was like, oh, that seems interesting. And then I got home the same day and my dad threw a newspaper at me. And there was the article, he says, read that. And there was an article about uh, Wimp the Wimpton Warrior. And uh, I looked into it and I said, well, two people are hitting me up on the same day. Maybe someone wants me to look into it. So that's what I did. And uh, I saw that it was being done up in in SPG uh, in Dublin's Straight Blast Gym, which is uh, Conor McGregor's gym. And it was being run by John Kavanaugh who's Conor's coach. And it's an opportunity to train in one of the premier gyms in the world and with one of the best coaches in the world. Um. From you know, being having no background in MMA whatsoever, and I said, "Jeez, this would be a great opportunity, It'd be a great way to keep fit and uh, learn a new skill set, and just uh, competition there as well, because you you have to have no martial arts background whatsoever, which I don't have, and, and they bring you in train you for twenty two weeks, and then you have a fight at the end, so you're taking a lot of boxes there, you know, so I applied for it." Um, I made the tryouts. We did the tryouts, which was a bloody hard training session. It was like something you would put me through, you know. Um, <laughs> I got I got sick, and uh, so I I definitely um got pushed to my limits in that session, and then got the call back saying that I made the made the final cut, and we started uh about ten weeks ago now.
0: Yeah, and and so. What what's your body weight now? You're saying you've got to lose a fair bit to get to your fighting weight. Yeah,
1: you? I'm I'm at about 95 kg now. Uh, okay. I started at when we did the bio, we got the skin folds and um, body mass index, I suppose, or the, the seeing what our body fat percentage was, and I was about just over 100 kg, and I think it was 11 11.7 percent body fat, and now I'm down to just over 95 kg and 90 or 9% body fat or something like this Incredible. so it's been a big but the main thing it's funny as we touched on I haven't changed my diet that much I, I generally have a, a a
0: decent diet
1: um I just cut out weight that's yeah. been the main
0: difference. okay and 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 how have you found how, how have you coped with obviously it's a different style of training how have you coped with that um I uh it's
1: it's interesting. It's uh, the first few weeks were, you know, it's technical. You know, you're learning new skill It's very slow. You know, you're explain. They explain how to do something. You do it. You step back. They talk. You go back in and do it again. And but as the weeks have gone on, you, you progress. And then you you start to grapple and put those into practice. And uh, they're long sessions as well. They'd be longer than a rugby session. Like we start at uh, six. And we finish at about um, half seven and then we go straight into a class of yoga after that for maybe 40 minutes depending on the length of the session. And then you might do another 30, 40 minutes of extras um, on set or whatever it is after that. So it's, it's quite a long time to start to fish, finish for the session. But um uh, you you don't realize you're working hard because you're learning something new and you're enjoying it. See, that's where you come back to the the whole thing about mentally. If you're enjoying something, you don't realize you're working as hard as you actually are yeah. um, and you're sweating, you're you're losing buckets of sweat. Um, and that's another reason why I've lost so much weight as well. But um, no, I found out... The the hardest thing for me, or the the, the strangest thing for me, was the stand up, like in terms of the the striking, the punching, and the kicking, and that kind of thing, because I'd never done anything like that. And the first day or two, when I was practicing, I was kind of like, "Jesus, my my hands aren't going where I want them to go," you know. <laughs> I, I was like, "What's going on? This looks looks a lot easier than this." But uh, and the but the grappling was quite easy for me to transition over to that. Okay, it's the technical you learn a lot and technically, but from the impact. And getting thrown on the ground and taking hits to the body and all that, um, was very normal for me. Whereas a lot of people who had never done that kind of thing found that difficult, you know. Yeah, definitely.
0: And and what do you think you'd you'd take from it that you'd you'd use uh, when you go back to rugby? Um, the flexibility thing is a huge thing. The yoga, um,
1: was fantastic. Like I can I can sit on my heels now which <laughs> for a rugby player is uh, like a PB, you know, sitting in that sam- samurai pose, um, you know, flexibility is a huge thing. But a lot of the um, the grappling, like the MMA grappling, uh, there's techniques in that for body position, you know, as, you know, straight blast gym, their their logo is a gorilla, you know. You'd hear the fighters, especially Conor McGregor, and talk about posture and not get into a, how a gorilla walks, you know, keeping that straight back and, keeping the head up, getting low, using your glutes, that in terms of contact for the rugby will be very, very effective and um, could transfer very, very well, you know. And like he made another point as well. He says it's all your lower body. it's That does all the work. And your your upper body, your hands are just like a T-Rex's hands. You know, they're just to guide. You're not using your upper body at all for the power, you know, yeah. which is interesting when you're looking at it from that. And when he actually shows you the technique and shows how – when you get that correct, how easily you can manipulate a body and and toss a body around—it's uh, it's fascinating to watch. And that's why I'm trying to not use my power because a lot of the guys in our group might be bigger than them and stronger than them, and I don't want to um, rely on that. I want to try and work on my technique, and hopefully some of those I can bring back with me um, to the rugby. And uh, definitely, the, the flexibility is a big thing. I, I w- would definitely put back. On some size, because uh, I feel like can I mean, 100, 100 kg. If I could keep the, you know, the, the flexibility and get to maybe 100 or just below, maybe 98 kg, I think it would be a good playing weight for me.
0: Yeah. So, so do you think you'll come back to rugby as a as an open side or something with all your, your contact skills? Right? <laughs> I
1: was thinking of maybe moving into a prop. But there's a lot more money. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> but seriously,
0: um, what are your long term plans? Obviously, you, you've got your fight in 12 weeks um yeah. and then do you see yourself going back into rugby next season or
1: it's it this is I've been asked this a hell of a lot um being totally honest like after I had a very very difficult year my last year in um gloucester on both the physical and the mental side of things and there was a bit of burnout there uh, frustration and um, that that enjoyment uh, that we've touched uh quite a few times wasn't there and um you know, you, you really need that in whatever you're doing if you want to get the best results. And uh, I'm really enjoying the really, really enjoying the MMA. It's nice going training um, with a smile on your face, you know. Um, but I will I will continue to do the win to to the best of my ability and keep learning in this and do my fight. And it's a case of if I go in, I might absolutely love the experience of fighting in a cage. Yeah. Or I may hate it. I don't know. I'll find out when I get in. Uh, at the moment I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm really enjoying the sparring and the training and that. But um I feel I'll definitely continue to do MMA training no matter what. Yeah. Um and in in terms of competing, you can do amateur MMA base. Whether you want to go pro, realistically, I'd have to train minimum two to three years. Yeah. Minimum yeah. minimum if you if you wanted to do that it might be what? 30 32 33 you just you just never know um in terms of rugby again pre-season will be more or less finished for next season when the fight is over i've been in in great shape though um in terms of fitness wise um so i don't think it'd be too hard to slot back in and just work on the skills and get back into that side of things as well but again it would have to be in a situation in a team and a and the league that I would want to play in, you know. So it's one of these things. I'll just take it as it comes. Yeah. Um, I'm not ruling anything out at this stage.
0: Oh, that's cool. But yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to see you back on a rugby pitch. Um, so, so don't oh, don't rule that, it out. That means a lot. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shane, uh, where can people learn more about you? I know you've got a few other than went to worry. Got a few other things in the pipeline.
1: Yeah, I um, I actually paint as well. Funny enough, I paint portraits. Something that I uh, I always. Had an interest in art and and uh, drew and kind of painted and that kind of thing and it was funnily enough um, restarted or re- reignited when I was in Gloucester and um, painting portraits. I ended up um, one of the Secret Santas. I uh, I had a present. I I got Mike Tindall in the the Secret Santa and uh, for a joke I was going to get him an nice Irish tricolor you know because I'm a passionate Irishman and he's a member of the royal family I thought it would be a nice thing for him to have and potentially <laughs> give to the queen and uh, my dad was bringing one out. there was a match um, leading up to Christmas and my dad brought it over in the suitcase and ended up flying home with it in the suitcase <laughs> I was like dad uh, where's that tricolor oh shit I left it in my suitcase so it was like the night before the Secret Santa what am I going to do and I said oh I'll drop a painting or paint a painting of Mike which I did a little portrait of him and he actually was like oh geez it's actually pretty good and all the boys like that's really good you should paint the players and the shed heads the, the Gloucester fans will love that kind of thing and that's kind of how it started yeah. and I went on to do players from different clubs and get them to sign the paintings and um, so then it crosses over to be sports memorabilia as well as artwork and the fact it's pro pay- players being painted by a, a pro player at the time anyway and People like that. So it's gone really well. And um, I have an art expo in the Rugby Summit, is, which is on Rugby Summit 2016, which is on in uh, Twickenham Stoop next week. Um, so I'm going to be displaying some of my art there. And if there's anyone around, they're more than welcome to call in and, and say hello and uh, order a commission for a minimum £10,000. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, they can check out my, my website, uh Twitter page. Um, you can either hit the main man mono which is my personal one or at shane m designs on twitter and uh facebook page as well shane mon M design so they can they can go in and, and judge my work there you know so that's that's what i'm doing on that front which is keeping me busy and i uh, really enjoy that as well you know
0: yeah awesome shane uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh talking to you thanks for sharing you know your insights into your career your rugby career and, and what you're doing now with uh, Wimped Warrior and, uh I'm sure everyone will be looking out for that that first fight you're in. Yeah,
1: brilliant. Thanks for having me Jamie. Thanks
0: Shane. Well, there you go. Another great interview. Uh thanks Shane for taking the time to to talk to us. Uh, I'm sure the the listeners will have got a lot out of that and thank you for listening and in the meantime obviously check out the website there's loads of new articles coming out uh, of course there's ebooks for sale on there there's a, another couple of new ones coming up soon uh, and if you're not already a member of team Renegade please you know join the the online subscription program and uh, and become a machine other than that check us out on facebook twitter or instagram and of course subscribe to us on stitcher itunes soundcloud and uh, give us a, a review Till next time. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Renegade podcast. For more quality rugby strength and conditioning information, check us out at RugbyRenegade.com. Rugby Rugby Renegade, Renegade, building machines.